Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why we don't talk about mass shootings. We'll talk about that again tonight. Something big is going on right now at the World Economic Forum. The elites are meeting to talk about you and why you suck. We have that. Updates on the primaries and all that on I'm Right. My neighbor's a Democrat. Did I ever tell you that? Don't worry, don't worry. I'm in a blood-red area, and actually, we get along great. I still actually don't think he knows what I do, (laughs) but he's a Democrat. And if I found out right now, as I'm doing the show with you, if I found out something terrible happened to his son, his son was in school and got shot. Let's say the wife texts me while I'm on the air right now. I would probably stop the show and I would get in my ride and I'd drive home and I would probably go right over to his house. Why? To be there for him. Just to be there for him. Just grab him something if he needs. Be there for his wife. 
Just be sad and mourn together. Now, he's not this type of person, but what if, what if something happened to my son and he came running over, pounding on the door, and I'm devastated, the wife's devastated, brother's devastated, and he opens up the door and says, this is what I've been telling you about guns. Get those guns out of here. Now, what do you think that would do inside of me? How much bitterness and hatred and anger would fill me, not just in that moment, but lasting bitterness and hatred and anger for that man if he chose to use that moment to do that? A lot, right? A lot. Why don't we talk? about mass shootings. Why don't we politic, I guess I should say, after mass shootings? Because that has become commonplace in this country. Uh, This was ushered in by Barack Obama. He's the one that really brought this mainstream, and I'll hate him forever for this. But in the wake of a mass shooting, when something horrible happens, a shooting at a school, what's worse than a shooting at a school, adorable little kids, what we should do as a country, cities, states, as a nation, even if we hate each other, even if we disagree on the issues, just take some time and be sad together and mourn together. Mourning is a critical part of the human experience. It's why it's, God lays it out in the Bible. It's right, Mourning is important. That's why every society, from big ones to little ones throughout history, they have funeral services, a way of honoring the dead, helping the relatives who are still alive. Mourning is important. When you run to the microphone and start politicking while parents are still frantically making phone calls to find out if their 10-year-old girl is ever coming home again, you're robbing a society as a whole of its ability to mourn, and it's tearing this country apart, just like it would if my neighbor came running to my house on the day something happened to my son. You have 19 children dead, 21 people in total. It's unspeakable. And I want to tell you again, a great rule, not just for social media, but in general for life in the wake of these horrible things happening. One, pray. Can you imagine what those families are going through right now? Can you even imagine they need your prayer? If you know them, do what you can to just be there for them. They're hurting in ways that you probably, hopefully, can't imagine. And I hopefully will never have to imagine. They're hurting in terrible ways. One, pray. Two, the killer, do not say his name. Do not show his face. Do not read his manifesto. We've always had sick freaks in a society. Why do our sick freaks now choose to go out like this? They do it for the fame. If we stop giving them the fame, maybe next time, they'll choose to just go swan dive off a bridge or something like people used to do. And three, don't politic. This is not a time, frankly, to discuss anything. Not grabbing guns, obviously, like we're about to get into. It's not even a time to discuss armed school security, more guns, more this, more that. You know why? Because right now everybody is emotionally raw. And you have a society of people saying, do something, somebody do something. Whenever you fear, whenever you hear people saying, do something, do something, whenever you yourself have that feeling inside of you, someone has to do something. That's when you know that's the worst 
time you could possibly do something because your mind isn't in the right place to do something. We did something when coronavirus got here. Two years later, we are heading into a great depression for the world. Why? Because we did something. People got scared and we sure did something, didn't we? Now is the time to come together and mourn and pray and not politic. And like I said, I, I go clear back to Barack Obama who brought this mainstream. Sure, politicians have done this before, but he really, really chose to make this a thing. And now in the wake of every shooting, this is simply the expected thing. Every Democrat, senator, media personality, president of the United States, instead of just coming together, they do this. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done? What in God's name do you need a solvent for except to kill someone? Deer aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. It's just sick. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marking assault weapons, which make them the most and largest profit. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. While he was giving that speech, while he was giving that speech, I was tracking some of this stuff live. Parents were frantically, frantically, can you imagine what you'd be going through? calling and texting their sons and daughters in the schools. He's not picking up. I, I'm getting a hold of police. He's not picking up. Is he one of the dead ones? While he was giving a speech about the gun lobby. That's sick. It's next level sickness it is. You remember that Westboro Baptist Church, the group of freaks used to show up at people's funerals, the funerals of dead soldiers and scream at their relatives? That's what the entire Democratic Party has become. It is a sickness and it is dividing this country. And it's universal. I mean, it's Alyssa Milano, Rob Rainier saying Republicans have blood on their hands, Elizabeth Banks telling people to vote Democrat, Rosie O'Donnell, of course, being the lovely human being she always is. And maybe, maybe the worst example I saw is actually something that happened earlier this afternoon. We have a press conference going on in Uvalde, Texas, where this took place. And what we have there is the governor, lieutenant governor, Senator Cruz was there. We have the, the Uvalde mayor was there. And this is a press conference updating a community that has just been ripped to shreds. 19 children slaughtered. A community that's been ripped to shreds. And you watch this press conference and you sit there and you think, man, those poor families, the poor parents, I can't believe what they're going through. You have the, all these real human emotions. The communist, like Beto O'Rourke, he looks at this thing as an opportunity to politic? Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. S sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Hey. Sit down. No. You need to get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to me. So this is totally predictable. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a come to a deal like this to make a political issue. That guy you heard called Beto O'Rourke the sick son of a beep, that is the mayor of Uvalde, 
and word is he has just been personally destroyed for the last 24 hours for these families, just gut-punched, as all the families would be. And the communist looks at this press conference and thinks, oh, nice, this is a good opportunity. These are the kind of anti-humans we're dealing with. And while we're dealing with things like this over here and distracted by politics over here, the global elites, billionaires, senators, tech billionaires, Bill Gates, they're all meeting in Davos or Davos, I don't know how you say the stupid name in Switzerland, for the World Economic Forum meeting. And what are they meeting about? Well, they're meeting to discuss how to get rid of you and your pesky freedoms that are holding back the world. Here's supervillain Klaus Schwab. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. The future is built by us. Look at us, billionaires, Let's politicians. Also be clear. It's our future. So We're building it. Forget about the peasants. Understand, I've told you a million times about the three things all these people have in common. They're all on display at the World Economic Forum. One, no love of country. Oftentimes they hate country, but no love of country. Why is there a World Economic Forum anyway? It doesn't sound like very much patriotism, right? Two, completely disconnected from the real world. They all fly private jets into five-star hotels and eat steak dinners for three or four days discussing the ways this world's economy should be managed while you can hardly afford a tank of gas. And three, and this is probably the most appropriate one for the World Economic Forum, remember these people genuinely see themselves as kings and queens. And they do believe, not that they're just above you, they believe they should rule as kings and queens. And you, the peasant, should do what you're told when you're told by them, the elites, of course. I mean, these people openly, not, not quietly behind closed doors, God only knows what they're saying behind closed doors. These people are openly talking about tracking your carbon footprint. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned, we don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Very exciting, right? Aren't you looking forward to that? Oh, I'm sorry, Nancy. Beep, beep, beep. You had a driving allotment of 30 miles today. I know you had to run back to school and pick up the kids, but you actually drove 42 miles, you're being penalized your meat allotment for tomorrow. Think that sounds crazy? All these people would sign up for that immediately, like that, and they're working on the technology to do so. And speaking of meat, you enjoying your trips to the grocery store now, your trips to the gas pump? Are you enjoying paying your power bill? We just got ours yesterday. I almost fell out of my daggone chair. I want you to understand, speaking of no connection to the real world, these people all that economic pain that's going on, not just in America, worldwide right now, these people are daggone thrilled about it. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will, uh, will open up for missteps. Hmm. Uh, it will open up for uh, shortages on energy. It will create inflationary pressures, and maybe we need to start talking about that, that that pain is actually 
worth it. What are you worried about? Can't go see your mom? Can't afford that medication your wife needs to have some kind of quality of life? Look, the pain is worth it. Quit whining, peasant. Pipe down. Maybe you're sitting there saying to yourself, Jesse, this is crazy, though. Well, surely American politicians wouldn't talk like this. Well, Senator Joe Manchin was there yesterday talking about it, and here's Joe Biden echoing the same stuff. When it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. We're not having pain. We're not having problems. We're going through a, what did he say? An incredible transition. Remember, the destruction, everything you see around you right now, it's intentional. They're not sitting at home trying to figure out how to solve the problems we're facing. They're sitting at home saying, nice, this is working out. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got a great show. I'm not done on this World Economic Forum stuff. My friend Jordan Schachtel is going to join me, and we're going to discuss that next. Before we get to that, let's talk about you and your health and your allergies. I've had air purifiers my whole life. You know, the big tall tower things. It sounds like that in the corner of the room. And I had a buddy tell me about Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I think it was about a year ago. And I get it, I bought one off his recommendation and I thought he was messing with me. I pulled it out, it's just this little black box. It just goes right in the outlet on the wall. I said, what, what is this thing? I called him, I said, what is this stupid thing? I came back in my room about two hours later. I've never smelled air that clean inside of a home in my entire lifetime. It, it was almost like mountain air I used to smell in Montana. I went out and bought two more. I don't have allergies anymore. My family never gets sick anymore. It kills viruses and mold in the air. Put this thing above a litter box and watch the smell disappear. It's amazing. I've had guys plug this in in a taxidermy office and they write me an email saying it doesn't smell anymore. It's incredible. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE. That gets you a three pack for under $200. That's $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. As I said, we really should be paying more attention to what's happening at the World Economic Forum right now because it has world implications for all of us. Joining me now is my friend Jordan Schachtel, independent journalist and publisher of The Dossier on Substack, which I would highly recommend because he's an actual journalist. All right, Jordan, let's, let's begin with this. World Economic Forum, everyone here is Klaus Schwab looking, like, looking and sounding like a Bond villain over there. But Americans, are there Americans over there? There's a lot of Americans there, both Democrats and lots of Republicans. Um, it really gives you the sense that there's most certainly 
a ruling class slash uniparty in the United States. And interestingly, Jesse, they're not really publishing much about their presence at the World Economic Forum this year, which makes me think that our side is doing a pretty good job of exposing this nefarious organization. I like it. Who are some names we should know on our side? It's not a surprise the communists all went over there. What Republicans are over there? So you have uh, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland. You have uh, Senator Pat Toomey, a couple other Republican senators and governors. You have the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, um, some influential uh, congressional Republicans. It's very unfortunate to see, but my goal is, you know, so so the World Economic Forum claims to be this nonprofit um, group, but it's a hyper-political organization. And I, I get why the libs are going, but there should be no reason why a Republican official goes to this globalist organization, which their, their whole ideology is premised on stealing your fundamental freedoms. You know, the whole, you will own nothing and be happy um, bumper sticker was formatted by the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, Build Back Better, all this stuff intended to steal your individual freedoms. That Those are all World Economic Forum narratives. So I have no idea why Republicans are there. Jordan, the American media, I, there's, a, there's a great and very appropriate meme going around online. I've seen it a thousand times where it basically just displays the American media as just being mouthpieces for the powerful now. What's the American media saying about this group of elites over there plotting to take our freedom and private property? Yeah, so I just wrote about this at the dossier over the, earlier this week. And the World Economic Forum has a brilliant strategy when it comes to allow which media outlets it allows into the doors at Davos. You know, you see our friends at uh, Rebel News and, and elsewhere reporting on the outside of the World Economic Forum, but they're not in because you can you need to partner with the World Economic Forum to be allowed into the facility and into you know the whole setting over at Davos. And what they do is these media organizations, the New York Times, CNN, Reuters, Wall Street Journal, um, all of the big corporate press outlets, they pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for access to these global elites. And of course, when, when you're literally on the payroll, uh, when you're paying out the, these enormous sums, you're not going to ask hard questions of Klaus Schwab, who makes all of this access possible to you. It's a mutually beneficial relationship between the corporate press and the ruling class they're really one and the same, that there's no obje objective journalism going on inside the gates of, of the World Economic Forum's annual meeting. Jordan, you just said hundreds of thousands of dollars. It doesn't cost that much to fly to Switzerland. Why are they spending that much money? So they have a really interesting format. So in order to get invited to this annual meeting, first of all, the World Economic Forum will screen you to basically be narrative compliant um, as you can see in, in the headline, you also need to be triple vaxxed or at least show proof. And these people, who knows if they actually took the shots, but they have a doctor on, on the payroll, I'm sure, because they're very wealthy. And then once you get in, you need to become a partner to the World Economic Forum. And then in addition to that, you have to pay for your ticket. And that runs up an enormous tab. My guess is, after calculating these numbers, that e each attendee is paying at least a quarter million dollars just to get into that event. Um, and the, the World Economic Forum entirely compromises them by making them part of this group. So whatever they advocate, now these, these organizations and individual partner entities 
they need to also stand by you know this crazy climate agenda that they're pushing because now they are official partners to the world's economic forum a quarter million dollars you know i was thinking about going jordan but i decided it's probably not for me maybe not this year maybe next year all right uh what is the focus these things usually have a theme what's the theme this year what big scary thing are these elites going to save us from so one of the the dominant headlines, if not the most dominant headline that ties into everything is that, and you've been raising awareness a lot about this, is this Marxist climate agenda. And there is no room for debating the climate agenda and the so-called green transition. The, the debate is really over how soon they can rob us of all of our rights in order to institute all of these crazy policies to deal with this so-called climate crisis. Yeah, no, okay, so it's all one big climate change pile of fear stuff. And I did see the e the e-safety commissioner, I had to read that again because I didn't even know there was such a thing for Australia, had something very interesting to say about freedom of speech. And at the end of this had something about child dignity. Here she was. We have increasing polarization everywhere, and everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on online violence or the uh, right of data protection to the right to child dignity. Online violence and the right to child dignity. Jordan, could you translate that for me, please? Yeah, essentially they envy the Chinese Communist Party's surveillance state and they want to model our global future after that involving just robbing everyone of their fundamental rights and liberties. Um, they cannot say that outright, so they talk about, you know, in these nuanced terms, how we need to recalibrate freedom of speech. Yeah. There is no recalibrating our freedom of speech. We, these are unalienable rights. It, it goes to show the, the extremism that is exemplified at Davos. You would think that because all of the elites show up that they, they have some kind of like mainstream ideology here, but no, they have, it, it's an extremist ideology to its core. They want to take away your rights, make you eat bugs, drink uh, Bill Gates's poop water, and they want to, people that subscribe to this depopulation agenda, which is what it is, it's the most extremist worldview and it categorizes humans as as beings that you know shouldn't be here, and that opens up a whole can of worms and the possibilities that they would entertain to get rid of us because they these people do not value human life. In fact, they see human life as something that needs to be clamped down upon. Good grief! Finally. Supervillain, true supervillain. I still can't believe that. You know, I'm not going to go into it right now. George Soros was there, and he brought up Russia, Ukraine. The invasion of Ukraine didn't come out of the blue. The world has been increasingly engaged in a struggle between two systems of governance that are diametrically opposed to each other, open society and closed society. Other issues concerning all of humanity fighting pandemics and climate change, avoiding nuclear war, maintaining global institutions, have had to take a backseat to that struggle. That's why I say our civilization may not survive. 
global organizations was the part of that that stood out to me. What global organizations is he talking about, Jordan? Yeah, he wants to protect the interests of himself and his buddies. And this means <laughs> protecting the current uh, organizational government in Ukraine as it stands. This really has nothing to do with some type of like fundamental morality. Uh, George Soros, when he says, oh, I, I would love to for everyone to be able to live in an open society. Uh, but when George Soros says open society, he means like open, open society where there are no border, defensible borders and everyone subscribes to this crazy globalist worldview. I think George Soros is there just to protect his interests. And I'd rather not fight a thermonuclear war against a power that has thousands of nuclear weapons so George Soros and his buddies can have their interests protected. Jordan Schachtel, go subscribe to his Substack, the dossier. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks so much. All right. Culture war. It's in the news. We're going to talk about that in a second. Before we talk about that, let's talk about putting your money where your morals are. I know you've been horrified recently. Of course, the State Farm News was out there. All of a sudden, an insurance company is pushing trans stuff on kids. That's insane, right? Well, look, a lot of these health insurance companies are doing the same kind of stuff. You know who's not doing any of that? One Share Health, a faith-based insurance company with incredible coverage options, great prices, 24-7 telehealth, whatever you need, vision, dental, they have it all, and you can feel good about making your health insurance payment? Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly, all right? My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. We're in a culture war. But I know you've heard that a thousand times, but accept the fact that we are. And it is a war. It is a big one. The other side despises everything you stand for. They hate your values. If they're allowed to have their way, we are going to become a nation of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's going to be the most horrific thing you've ever seen. If you have your way, if you win, we're going to become a decent nation again, a sane nation again. Now, we're never going to see the end of this war. I don't care how old you are. I know we have kids who listen to this show. I know we have older folks who listen to the show. It's going to take years and years, decades and decades and decades to finally win this war. What does that mean? We have a million battles to fight between now and then. And we're going to lose some. We've lost a lot already. That's why we are where we are. We're going to lose some. But we're also going to win some. And when you're in this long struggle to take back your culture, like we are, it's important when you get little wins, man, take a minute and put a smile on your face and celebrate them. Take a minute and celebrate. Do you remember when Heavy D and the Florida legislature, they decided they had about enough of Disney's mouth when Florida passed a bill that said, don't talk to kindergartners about sex. And Disney started chirping and chirping and chirping. And Heavy D and the Florida legislature decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and meet, enjoy paying more in taxes. Up yours, Disney. And about half the right of the pundit class and politicians on the right. Well, I'm not really comfortable. That's not who we are. Well, you want to know why you have to be uncomfortable? Why you have to do things that make yourself uncomfortable now? Because anti-communism works. Aggression works. The communist is never going to wake up and say, ah, oh, 
you know, I don't feel right about this. It's, we shouldn't talk to kids about sex. He's never going to wake up and have this moral clarity moment. The only thing the communist understands is fear and pain. Unless you're willing to put those things on him, you'll never win. Florida decided to put some pain on Disney. What's the result? Well, it's way beyond Disney. It's way beyond Disney now. Corporate America got put on notice, courtesy of Florida. Watch yourself. The days of us laying down are gone. You watch yourself. Netflix is one of the most famously left-wing companies out there. Been in the news recently. Netflix is flat out telling employees, uh, we're going to take some creative chances. Things might be offensive. If you don't like it, get out. I mean, they used corporate language, but that's pretty much what they said. If you don't like it, don't work here. Netflix? I mean, Netflix has this kind of stuff out there now. I love it. Not all women. I, I mean, the old-fashioned ones. You know, the old-fashioned women. Oh, God. You know, the ones with wombs. Oh. <laughs> Those dinosaurs. Oh. No, I love the, the new women. I know the new women. They're great, aren't they? The, you know, the new ones we've been seeing lately. The, the ones with beards. They're as good as... They're as good as gold. I love them. No, it's the old-fashioned. And now the old-fashioned, they're like, oh, they want to use our toilets. Why shouldn't they use your toilets? For ladies. They are ladies. Look at their pronouns. <laughs> what about this person that isn't a lady? Well, his penis. <laughs> Her penis, you f***ing <laughs> bigot. That would never have flown. Netflix said, we're playing it. If you don't like it, there's the door. These are cultural wins. This State Farm dust up, in case you missed it, State Farm puts out an internal email to employees saying we're giving to gender cool. What's gender cool? Well, gender cool tells kids they can become transgenders. It's a disgusting, sick organization. You know how long that lasted? Less than a day, State Farm's vice president came out because there was such a vicious backlash from you and me, such a nasty backlash from the right. Less than a day, their vice president says, I've been in constant communication about our participation in a book program with Gender Cool. First and foremost, I want you to hear directly from me that we made a mistake with our involvement in this program, and we're sorry. As soon as we fully understood the issue Monday morning, the first decision we made was to cease our involvement with this organization. That is a full-scale retreat in less than a day. Why? Because the new right is done playing these games. The new right understands we must be offensive, aggressive, attack, no longer laying down, no longer live and let live. Why? Not because that's not how we want to live, right? I want to live, live and let live. We don't live and let live because you cannot live and let live your way out of communism. All they understand is fear and pain. Now we've got some wins and we should be happy, but don't think we don't have a long way to go. I'm about to play for you a brief, keep this brief, video of some disgusting sick drag queen show taking place in a high school, but it's not a high school in New York or California. This is a high school in Blood Red, Iowa. We got a long way to go. Iowa. Go run for school board. Take over your school board, you hear me? Take over your school board. 
Don't think your red area is safe. Bunch of sickos. All right. What's happening with the primaries? We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, putting your money where your morals are. You want to talk about aggressive, new right? How do you do that? Stop spending money with people who hate you. In fact, take it a step further. Only spend your money with companies that share your values. Now, where do you find those companies? Which ones? You don't have a list handy, do you? I do. Why don't you? It's an app. It's called Public SQ. Google Play, Apple, whatever you have, go download Public SQ. You want a list of where you should spend your money? Public SQ. Put your money where your morals are. This is how we win. We'll be back. primary season. And I know primaries are not sexy. I, I totally get it. But understand they are the most important elections happening in the country right now. Yeah, Democrats are going to take a beating in November. If they take a beating from the same useless Republicans we've been sending, then nothing's going to change at all. We have huge Republican primaries going on in Georgia, Arkansas, Alabama, Texas, Minnesota. So what's going on in there? I don't know. Let's ask John about it. My friend John Phillips joins me now of the great John Phillips show on KABC in Los Angeles. That show freaking makes me laugh all the time. John, all right, primaries for the good guys, the non-squishy losers. How are they going for us so far? <laughs> well, I, I think it was overall a pretty good night for, for Republicans who want to see Republicans take back control of both houses of Congress. Uh, in part because what, what happened yesterday destroyed the mainstream media narrative as to where Republicans are. All you hear right now from, from the mainstream media is that Republicans are sycophants, they belong to this cult of personality where whatever our leaders, specifically Donald Trump, tell us to do is what Republican voters do. And all you have to look at to disprove that in a very healthy way, I think, is Marjorie Taylor Greene's congressional district in Georgia. In that district, those voters voted for Brian Kemp, who was one of the candidates that Trump wanted to see defeated. And they also turned out to vote for Marjorie Taylor Greene, who GOP House leadership told everyone not to vote for. So they said, thanks for your recommendations. We're gonna do what we're gonna do, thank you very much. And they went out and elected Kemp and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Kemp, and, and also this Brad Raffensperger, he's the Secretary of State and Trump didn't want him there either. And both of them got their nomination. John, what are we supposed to take from that? Is Trump, I mean, I still believe, maybe I'm wrong, that Trump's the most popular Republican in America. Is he losing some juice? Did he never really have the juice and it was a people's movement? What am I seeing? Well, all politics is local. And if you go back to those two elections they had for the U.S. Senate in 2020, Trump cost us those seats by going down there and saying, well, maybe you just shouldn't vote. And both Republican candidates lost those elections by tiny, tiny, tiny margins. And that allowed Chuck Schumer to be in control of the United States Senate and have Kamala Harris be the deciding vote. So I think there are a lot of Republicans in Georgia who, like Donald Trump, have voted for him in the past, like his policies, certainly, 
but still have residual anger over both of those Senate seats going to the Democrats. So they said, all right, we're going to vote for Marjorie Taylor Greene. We're going to vote for conservative members of the House. But, you know, screw you for, for, for blowing that election. Uh, we're going for Kemp and the incumbent secretary of state. Stacey Abrams. Uh, well, here was Stacey Abrams after I, I believe she called it Jim Crow 2.0, this Georgia voter law. Here is Stacey Abrams asked about huge turnout. The question about voter suppression and voter turnout is causation without correlation. We, I'm sorry, you can make mistakes even when you know what you're talking about. It's correlation without causation. We know that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. <laughs> okay, um, John, is the sky green? Because that doesn't make sense at all. Well, that incumbent governor running for re-election sure got. <laughs> um, no, they do this all the time. They tell us things over and over and over and over and over again, and then when they're disproven, they just move on to the next one. Um, you know, all of their claims about voter voter suppression would be proven if people wanted to vote and they couldn't vote. You had all of these claims of, oh, they didn't mail me a ballot. Oh, I showed up to the polling place and all the lights were off and or the line was so long and they, no, none of that happened. Everyone who wanted to vote got to vote. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. And the results, if you look at the raw numbers, yes, the raw numbers were up, but the raw numbers on the Republican side should scare the living hell out of all of these Democrats who are going to be on the November ballot. Because if you want to see a real test of enthusiasm, just compare the raw numbers. And you can do it in any of these states. Do it in any of the states that voted yesterday. Do it in Pennsylvania. Do it all over the place. All of those numbers should frighten these Democrats. John, as you mentioned earlier, Marjorie Taylor Greene stays, which is good. I like her. I think we need someone in there blowing everything up. Madison Cawthorn doesn't stay. Now, you couldn't wake up for the past three months without a new Madison Cawthorn headline of a real or imagined scandal. Why'd he go down? Well, he's very young. He hired a lot of very young staffers around him instead of people who have been in Washington and know how Washington works. And young people just tend to make mistakes and uh, do things that, that old hands wouldn't necessarily do. So I think if he were to come back and, and win that seat back in Congress at a certain point, you need to surround yourselves with some people with a little snow on the roof. That being said, you look at that primary, that was a very crowded primary. You had a lot of different candidates on that ballot. So you could beat an incumbent with something like 30 some odd percent of the vote. If you look at Marjorie Taylor Greene, that was an A versus B. And that makes it easier for the incumbent, even if everyone's just piling on with all the negative attention to survive the election. John, I have this theory that we're all too deep in the bubble, especially political people like me and you. We're just, we're, we're, we're in a bubble. It's unavoidable we're in a bubble. I see people out there talking about Herschel Walker facing off against Raphael Warnock in Georgia. And I say to myself, if I think there's even a chance Herschel Walker loses, I'm probably in a bubble. He's Herschel freaking Walker running for Senate in Georgia. He's winning that, right? I would assume so. And I mean, you just look at the generic ballot. You look at the generic ballot that shows Republicans ahead by five, six points, depending on which one that you look at. Even in massive Republican years, the Democrats usually have an advantage on the generic ballot. 
for Republicans to be as far ahead as they are now, that means that Republicans should win everywhere they're supposed to win, and they're going to win in some places that are not even on anyone's radar. There are going to be Democrats that lose in places like Washington State or Vermont or places like that because the wave is just going to be so huge. If the wave is as big as we're expecting it to be, I don't see any way at all the candidates that are supposed to win how they don't end up winning, and he would certainly be one of them. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, obviously she was Trump's press sec and did a great job for a long time. Total firebrand, went and took the GOP nomination for governor in Arkansas. There's rumors floating she might end up being Trump's VP choice if and when he runs. What do we make of Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Benefit for Trump? Bad for Trump? Well, I think it's probably good for Trump because she's associated with his brand and she had a commanding victory. But the name Huckabee is a name that matters in Arkansas. Uh, her dad was not only the governor of Arkansas, he was the lieutenant governor of Arkansas, certainly a fixture on cable news for a very long time, a presidential candidate. Uh, she was certainly very visible, not only as the press secretary for President Trump, but prior to that as a television news talking head. So that is a name brand in that state. And when you have these races where you have a name that people in the state have been voting for for generations, they tend to get elected. And I think that's what happened with her. And I think to a certain degree, that also explains a lot of what happened in Georgia, where you go, how could someone vote for Marjorie Taylor Greene and Governor Kemp? Well, those are two of the most well-known political names in the state of Georgia right now. And if people are, as you said, not in the bubble, they tend to go with the name that they know. And certainly in Arkansas, the name Huckabee is a name that everyone knows outside of that other name, Clinton. John Phillips of The John Phillips Show. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for having me. A little snow on the roof. I'm totally stealing that line. I'm not even going to give John credit for it. I'm stealing it. All right. We got light in the mood. Next. I don't like pets. I said it. I don't like pets. I'm not a pet guy, all right? I want to be free to live my life the way I want. When I want to leave and go to Red Lobster at the drop of a hat, I want to be able to do that. And pets hold me back. That said, I have a dog, and now we have a snake. Don't ask. I'm officially snake guy. I'm wearing cargo shorts as we speak right now. I'm snake guy. But one thing I don't have, and one thing I'll never have, is cats. You know why? Because cats are psychopaths. morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country. 
giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 